Welcome to another episode of On The Line. I'm Joe Mullings. I'm Christina Brummett. I do have the lovely Christina in studio today, so we always have a, a great dialogue. Hello, listeners. <laughs> Again. <laughs> and viewers. So I think the goal of today is to share with our audience. Uh, we get a lot of calls in the office. You know, I'm looking, I'm starting to look. Uh, what should I do? What do you got on your desk? Mm-hmm. And so I want to give guidance today to all those that are actively looking or not looking. What are the tools in their toolbox that they should be counting as the power moves. I think um, that is going to be really important to understanding how they can continuously stay relevant to the market. Um, And once they are ready to make a transition and a move, um, to be able to talk to the right people and use the right tools to do that. Um, So for an example, networking is a broad tool that people Mm -hmm. use, but they don't always use it, um, I don't wanna say correctly, but to the fullest advantage. Right, well it's usually most people on networking, they they have it indexed to being Mm self-serving. Right, take, 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 me, 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 need, need, need. Right. And really, what is networking? What should it be? It should just be you always giving the majority of the time, and then when you do need them, then you lean on them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you should be giving to the market as much as possible without expectation yeah. of re- having something in return. Yeah, and the, w- and the ways to give on that would be, uh, you know, the obvious platforms would be LinkedIn, and somebody had a post on there recently that I thought was just so simple yet profound. They're like, it's social media, make it social. And when you see a posting, do more than just like it, right? So some mm-hmm. people will look at it and go, okay, cool, like, or even like it and not like it. Right. But take it a step further, make a comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, make it respectful, or if you wanna be contrarian, make it contrarian because you intend your contrarian view to be constructive to the dialogue. Right. So that's networking. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely networking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think people get nervous about reaching out to people in their current network without having anything to give at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the message here is, is just to say that you are available for a resource should mm-hmm. they need it, mm-hmm. um, and then and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there's so many ways to network, so here's some cheat sheets for you. We see that very often. Um, you'll see somebody in the industry hang up a, uh, or post, um, a chart on acquisitions this past year in MedTech, mm-hmm. or uh, the growth of certain markets, or an article like Ernst & Young had a recent article out about the MedTech industry and where it's going relative to digital. And mm-hmm. there's a ton of articles that I think people run across all the time. Or even if you wanna proactively do that, put in 10, 12, 15 subjects into Google News, mm-hmm. and you can get a download. You should be doing that anyway in your market. That's part of networking. right? Right, and then post one or two of those articles a week up online. On LinkedIn? Yeah, Mm -hmm. and make a a clever comment on it. Mm -hmm. And so that is networking, because then what you'll do is you'll um, fertilize the sort of ecosystem for a conversation. Mm -hmm. And don't worry about if you get a like or not. Don't don't get hung up on likes. Yeah, yeah, that's um, easier said than done, I'm sure, for for most people, Um, but I think they also probably are thinking about what is relevant content. And I think the message here is, if it's relevant to you, most likely it's relevant to a lot of other people. That's right, that's right. And and, and stay in your swim lane mm-hmm. and you're networking. 
So you can do a couple things. There's a couple people out there right now that are active in orthopedics, active in structural heart, um, active in data, uh, and they are on a regular basis posting meaningful, valuable articles to people. Mm-hmm. And they have a relationship going now across the globe with people they've never met. So networking used to be local networking shows, I, I mean, yeah, shows or get-togethers or mixers in your zip code. Mm-hmm. And now really you should look at networking uh, in your area of expertise. Mm-hmm. And that's either a functional expertise or a disease state expertise, dependent. Yeah, or with networking, you can start small. So use the people that you worked with in the past mm-hmm. and re-engage them. Yeah. Um, ask to go out for coffee or lunch, or if they're not in the same zip code anymore, um, send them a direct message with some relevant content. Hey, remember when we used to work on this is some relevant content to what we used to work on, good times. Mm-hmm. You know, just something to say that you're thinking about them. Um, and work on re-engaging them, and then once you get a little bit more comfortable this is my recommendation. Yep. Once you get a little bit more comfortable, expand your network. And then perhaps at that point in time, you'll be comfortable to post something on LinkedIn, like an EY article on digital health or sensors, oh. and and put yourself out there in that sense. Yeah, so, so you should be looking at it as a crowd share experience on data in the market you're working in. Seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's funny you, you, you mentioned the coffee thing. I, I, I'm not, never a big fan of networking with somebody and ask them out for a cup of coffee because that's an ask. Mm-hmm. You're not it giving. is. It is. It's that's awkward. an ask. It's like, dude, uh, I'm working. I, I, I dig you. I just don't want to have coffee with you. Or what do you want? Right. Or what do you want? Right. I had a, I had a fella, and I know he's a, a fan of the show. I was in London. I was crossing the street in London, on one of the shows recently. We were there. I get an in-mail on LinkedIn. An hour later, he's like, I just saw you. We would come back from Cambridge. I just saw you coming out of the tube, and uh, I didn't want to yell in traffic, but I saw you in London. Um, hey, can we get together tomorrow morning? Mm-hmm. And I looked at my schedule. I didn't have time, but I made time because I was all the way in London and he shouted out to me. So we met and it was a great meeting. And the first thing I opened the meeting at was, um, so what's your ask? <laughs> and he looked at me. He's like, I have no ask. I have no ask. I just want to get to know you. You get to know me mm-hmm. and I admire your work. And th- you know what that did? I was like, Awesome. And that just had the conversation flow more freely. Yeah, you're comfortable, and then you really get to know the person even more so. Right. Yeah. But absolutely. a month later, he did have an ask for me on email. Hey, and, he uh, worked right, his network. Right, right. He did but what he did. Ask, what you recommended? No, no, no. But actually, no. I'm taking that back. His ask was, "I have a friend that you should chat with. Can you chat with him?" So his mm-hmm. ask was actually for a, a brilliant network move yeah. because it was a give. Yeah, it's a great example. It was a give, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I just thought about that one out loud. Um, so yeah, I, I would say networking is one of your big assets that you need to always have that or in the water, mm-hmm. your career should always be on. And there's so many creative ways to network. You don't have to take the traditional idea of what networking is Mm-mm. and stick to it, make Mm-mm. it work for you and your personality. Cause it needs to be authentic cause you're always giving mm-hmm. and you're hardly ever asking what the percentage that you're giving is what 90%. You should be, yeah. If, you, if you're looking for balance on that, I would say 90%. Let's say you have to hit your network. You've decided mm-hmm. you want to pull the trigger. Let's say you're going to actively work your network for 30 to 45 days on an annualized basis. So that's about 85, 90% um, of giving mm-hmm. and 10 or 15% of asking. Mm-hmm. So if you want to balance it, you should, the same way you brush your teeth three times a day, four times a day, you should put it on your to-do list. What can I give to my network today? Mm-hmm. Really, that should be one of the top five questions. One is it makes you feel better. 
Right. Two is you're giving back to the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. And the universe is an incredibly, incredibly reciprocating for good and for bad, mm -hmm. right? Karma train, we heard all about it, <laughs> is incredibly reciprocating on what your actions are. So ask every day, what is the one thing I can give back to my network? I love that. Yeah. And again, do that 90% of the time, mm -hmm. and you'll always can tap it at scale 10% of the time. Mm -hmm. The second thing I think that people need to do is, um, beside their network, need to be able to have the fortitude to start making lists of who you want to work for. Why do you want to work for them? What's the geography you want to be in? If it's only down here in Delray Beach, I get it stretch yourself and say, if there was one place I would move to in this country or world, mm -hmm. where would it be? And let me identify those companies. So maybe it's Denver, Colorado, even though there's a 99 out of 100 chance you'll never do that, but you never know what you might find when you're not looking for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of goes back to that whole self auditing thing that you should do um, on, what did you say, a quarterly basis? Mm -hmm. Um, so kind of aligned with it's like your stock portfolio, your, right? Really? Or Yeah. Or your performance review and just taking a look at what did I like about what I did this quarter? What did mm -hmm. I not like? How does it map back to potentially that end goal or what I'm looking for? Or short-term goal, right? Mm -hmm. Two-year, four-year, eight-year goals. You can't look at any more than eight. It's impossible. Yeah, yeah. Not with is. accuracy. Yeah. It's so funny that you say that because, you know, my significant Marcus and I, we did that this past weekend. Mm -hmm. We kind of mapped that out and it was a it was a great exercise for the both of us. No idea, you know, in, in that plan if we're ever going to achieve what we thought it was, but you need to take baby steps towards it. So Right. And, and the job descriptions that you think are in your mind eight years from now don't even exist today. Yeah, you don't even know what's out there. No, you're not going to know. Yeah. And then finally, and I think almost as important as the first two, is you've got to find yourself a great set of headhunters, mm. right? I, and I wouldn't settle on one. I would say, look, find yourself best-in-class headhunters in your market and look for one. And again, I come back to portfolio balancing. You know, if you're talking about economics, I come back to career balancing. Find a headhunter in Germany if you want to work internationally. Find a headhunter in Asia-Pac. Mm -hmm. Find a headhunter in country, find two headhunters in country that you think can really help you. Mm -hmm. And what are what do you think are some of the main characteristics that define a great headhunter? Wow. Um, so the the market's in unbelievable transition right now, right? So the advent of technology, um, the advent of being able to bring your own media, like our team here mm -hmm. in house for the committed firms. Your ability to meet meet and reach people at scale has changed. Historically, headhunting has been one phone call, one relationship, one conversation, hang up, do it again, right? Um, with tech, uh, our firm reaches in medtech eighty thousand people a day mm -hmm. with our messaging, and so you know there's a big transition going on right now. So I think that headhunting, if you really look at it, breaks down in the twenty first century in three primary buckets. I think there's the attention awareness bucket. That attention awareness bucket, think of things in that bucket like um, where the headhunter proves that they know the market. The headhunter puts out content mm -hmm. that speaks to careers, speaks to how to interview, prep, debrief, but puts it out there. Print, video, short, long form. Um, is that industry shows and lets you know there are industry shows. I'm creating an attention awareness that I am out here 
that I know your market, mm -hmm. that I am going to give you insight because your head is usually down. So that's the first bucket. The second bucket I think every headhunter or search firm is totally involved in, and that's the process. Right. Right. Once you're called, and once you throw your resume into the process, until you get the offer or you're rejected, that's the second bucket. And that's how does a headhunter work? How does the product flow? How does your experience flow? Every headhunter has that process. Absolutely. Very, very few have the first bucket. And then the final bucket, which is the emerging bucket that um, I'm not aware of any firm that has this yet, and we're, and again, no commercial, no commercial here, <laughs> um, is the arguably most important bucket of the three. And, and that's the one that after you leave the process, there needs to be an ongoing engagement and ongoing nurturing of that relationship mm -hmm. and an ongoing sharing of information of, hey, Sue, I know you didn't make it on that sales job. You're important to me. Yeah. Um, There's I something I saw in you that was relevant to the both of us that we could help each other out just because this particular opportunity didn't work out doesn't mean that in one month, in one year, in two years, there isn't going to be one. Most likely it's going to be less than six months. Correct. But, you know, once you stop that relationship cold, you're just doing a disservice. The headhunter is doing a disservice to themselves right. um, and ultimately to the candidate experience. And this goes back to my networking uh, 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 comment if you're a headhunter and you're networking you better be giving 90 percent of the time and asking 10. right most headhunters take 90 percent of the time and at best give and the only time they're giving is when they want something mm -hmm. so that third bucket the nurturing ongoing engagement that's giving information that's calling up sue and saying listen sue we didn't get it this time mm -hmm. here's what i want to do um we have content going out all the time, and that content is sometimes career advice. Sometimes it's, a lot of times, it's vertical industry advice on the industry that you're in. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's an article we see that we want to push personally to you. We've just brought a platform in, and I think more search firms are going to do this, at least the progressive ones, mm -hmm. where you can, and it's not a newsletter, but think of newsletter, where you're getting constant give to you, mm -hmm. if you're the candidate, that's salient, relevant, and valuable to your market. Right. And I do that respectfully. Mm -hmm. That's the third bucket that I believe that the market's moving to. And let's not look at this business linearly now. So I said in the beginning, well, the first bucket is awareness, attention. The second is process. And the third is nurture, uh, ongoing engagement. What if we just make that a circle? Mm -hmm. Now, suddenly, the recruiting relationship is ongoing 24-7, 365. Yeah. There's not a beginning and there's not an end. There's just a process. Mm -hmm. And in that process, you'll get opportunities that come up and pop up. Yeah. That's what I think. I mean, ultimately, what would be really great, and I think we do this now, but even on a, a bigger scale, is ultimately, you want to, in this market, I don't think there is um, heavy loyalty to companies. It's it's very um, self-serving in a very positive manner, mm -hmm. saying you want to be relevant to the industry and market because it's constantly changing, especially with technology. So how do you continue to stay relevant to an ever-changing environment? As a person who has your head down working on your spe specific projects and initiatives, you don't always have time to pick back up and be like, this world looks drastically different than when I started two years ago. Right. And so you want to partner on the other side of that table mm -hmm. that can give you that mm -hmm. high-level overview of market and be like, listen, I, I know you're doing um, 
quality management right now, and it's really great. But it looks like because the FDA is starting to hammer a little bit more on combination devices, you might want to start getting a little bit more experience in regulatory, mm-hmm. just, a, just a heads up. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay. So then when you see the opportunity within your current organization to maybe get some more experience, it makes you relevant. Mm-hmm. So when you are ready to make that transition, you are warm and hot and ready to go, and it's not like you know, going backwards and trying to figure out well, now the, I don't have this. The best headhunters will know where the market's going. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's, I think that's what we're talking about. Yeah, is that's the, what, the best headhunters would be like, listen, I love what you're doing. Are you aware that this is happening in the market? And what we view that is um, you need to be bolstering your skill sets, your experience in these areas. And by the way, here's evidence from the marketplace that I just want to give to you for you to do your own homework. That's what you should be looking for. So when you're looking at a headhunter and evaluating, mm-hmm. Get two or three. Um, ask them, what shows do you go to? Um, how come I don't see you on LinkedIn? How come I don't see you posting on what you know about the market? Where do you think the market's going and why? Mm-hmm. Here's why I am today and this is where I want to go. What kind of guidance can you give me? These are all the questions I firmly believe that mm-hmm. if you're going to send your resume to somebody who's going to cash a check for $40,000 on you, mm-hmm. they owe you a lot more than three prep calls and um, getting you to resign. Mm-hmm. I think something even, a, a, a more basic question to ask any headhunter when you decide to work with them is what is your relationship with the client? And mm-hmm. then you probably have a better way of saying this, but how did you get that business? Mm-hmm. Was that a personal relationship? Mm-hmm. Was that off of previous searches and you did a great job? How do you know this hiring manager? How mm-hmm. What does that relationship look like? Because if you're just a person, and everybody starts there some sometimes, Always. I did, um, just on the phone and you just have a job order and you're a senior, mid to senior level individual, um, that person might not be able to serve you as well as you think they can. Correct, correct. So yeah, you wanna find out how'd you get this opening? Why are you working on it? Why do you think it's good? Mm-hmm. Why should I look at it, right? All of those things should come into play. Um, and that's if you get the call. I know in my space, there's a couple headhunters that always give back and forth to each other. And I'll refer people to um, uh, uh, Paula or, or, or Josh or others who play in my space. And a good headhunter is going to want to always make sure that they give you as many opportunities as pop- possible to get in the game. Mm-hmm. Right? That, that, that's important to me. Um, the nurturing side, look to get educated from the headhunter. Look to get information. Look to be available 24-7. How many calls a day do we get? Hey, I, I've got an offer. Would you mind helping me look at this offer? And it wasn't through us. Yeah. A good headhunter will do that for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just because they want to share. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Because they work in that space, that's their area of expertise, and they should want to share that information. So if you're thinking about... Staying in your job forever, you probably can turn off this podcast 15 minutes ago. (laughs) If, however, you think you're going to be there for two, three, four, five years, awesome. You still need to always have your career on. Mm -hmm. You need to have somebody who is a proxy for you in the market, keeping you informed of what's going on. Uh, You need to have a touchstone if you have career questions, if you are thinking about looking but not ready to look yet. Um, And then you need to be able to log on every day Mm -hmm. 
and um, say, okay, what am I giving back to my market today? What's my give to my network today? Not what my take is. And then you need to have the ability every single day to go to some aggregate news site that has information. And you can make your own. You, again, you can go to Google um, News and, 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 and start to pull out you know, articles on structural heart, heart failure, predictive analytics, whatever it is. You need to have all that portfolio on all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and then so when you do want to look, I can guarantee you your options for interviews, I can't promise you offers, your options for interviews are going to be tremendously better. Yeah, it's uh, it's compounding success, mm -hmm. as, as you had said in one of your um, videos. I mean, you have to contribute something five minutes a day. It just seems small that day. It doesn't seem like it's going to make a great impact. I know. Mm -hmm. But it just do five minutes a day and contribute. Mm -hmm. And then in the long run, it's going to pay back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. And, and I love that. That, that, and, and, <laughs> that compounding <laughs> success. That, that compounding I success use your words thing, on you? <laughs> I just love so much because it is. It's, I mean, greatness always comes from the compounding of the efforts of the day before. Yeah. It's not like one magic move. It's not like I have a buddy at I'm going to call. It is literally the small minutia day after day, week after month, year after year. And it's the same way you turn around at 65 years old and you've been putting 20 bucks a week away since you're 18. Mm -hmm. you got a mill five, two mill on a 5% return year over year. And it never really felt like you ever had a heavy lift. Right. But there you are. Yeah. Yeah, you're secure. Yep. Hey. Hello. <laughs> this and is on the line. This is on the line. Thanks again on this one. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, listeners yeah. and viewers. And viewers, too. So I'm Joe Mullings, and this has been On the Line. This is Christina Brummett. Thanks for joining us.